Hello and welcome to The Lone Ranger from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. A fiery horse with a speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty high on silver. The Lone Ranger. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. For a month, the Lone Ranger and Toto had tried in vain to capture the elusive outlaw, Billy Behung. Fleeing from Mudok City after an attempt to free two other crooks, known as Horseface and Big Nose, Billy Behung had headed toward the hole-in-the-wall country in Wyoming Territory, but soon managed to cover his trail. The fifth week of the manhunt found the masked man and Indian camped on the Wind River. At a nearby stage station, Cotter had picked up some fairly recent copies of the Mudok City Sentinel, which the Lone Ranger read with interest. Scanning the first page of one newspaper, he chuckled. <laughs> Otto, I think that Uncle Homer Potts is safe now. Much as Billy B. Hung may want to kill him. He's recovered from his bullet wound. We'll marry our old friend, Law Hanks, in a few days. Law <laughs> Hanks, take good care of him. Ooh, this is strange. What you see? Here's a notice in the Lost and Found column which reads, Found one link. Will L.R. get in touch with me? Signed, Marshal Jim Fraser. You know you own Ranger. Maybe L.R. mean you. I'm sure it does. What do you mean by link? Marshal Jim made clever use of the word. To other readers, it would imply that he'd found an initial cuff link. I take it to mean that he's found a link between Billy B. Hung, 
Some person in town whom we hadn't suspected of being a member of the gang. What do we do, Kimasabi? Great camp where I saddle the horses. We're going back to Murdoch City. It was several days later when Uncle Homer's niece, Cindy Powers, helped Ma Hank with a final fitting of her wedding dress. The bulky landlady was saying, Now, I'll start to watch on Red Jack's place. 
Uh, Tonto, you better get some sleep. Uh, oh, wait, Tonto. There's a big padlock on the stable door. Here's the key. Uh, what do we do about horses, Kimasabi? Put them in the stable. Silver's been seen by a number of people here and would be recognized. Well, adios, Mrs. Henry. Here be Mrs. Potts come Friday night. Adios. As the Lone Ranger and Toto stepped out of Mohank's kitchen, Red Jack Mason led three roughly dressed, bearded men into the casino cellar. One of the trio was Billy Behung. He was saying... He just got in for train, Red Jack. These fellas with me are Wind River Charlie and his brother Jake. Yeah, howdy. I hit out with him for a spell. Well, this is where you'll have to hide now. Billy, I don't like this business. One of these days, you'll get me mixed up in something I'll swing for. Not me. I've been out foxing the lawman right along. What about the masked man and engine who are on your trail? <laughs> I gave them the dodge on Wind River. I reckon they're still up there. Good. I got the stuff you said you wanted in your letters. Dusters, spectacles, and Henry rifles. What are you figuring on doing? Well, Jake here used to work on the railroad. He says that the Modoc City Bank has around $75,000 shifted from Denver the last day of each month in order to meet the mine payroll. The money will be on the train that pulls in here at 8 o'clock Friday night. It's shipped in a Wells Fargo stone box. It's too tough to be tracked without using up a lot of getaway time and too heavy to be carried off without a wagon. Then how are you going to pull the job? They'll have to take it out of the express company box and put it in the bank vault, won't they? Well, as soon as they get the box opened, we'll hold up the bank. Hey, that's a smart play, Billy. But uh, what do I get out of it? Quarter cut. Same as I promised you when you helped me before. Friday night, huh? That's tomorrow night. Hey, fellas, you couldn't have picked a better time for the job. Well, yeah. It's when Ma Hank and that little Easterner Homer Potts are going to get married. The whole town's fixing the bell. And the marshal's going to be the best man. Who's that? Sure is. With all that shooting, yelling, and bell ringing going on... Nobody will notice it if we have to cut loose with those Henry rifles. Just one more thing and the setup would be perfect. I'd like to have that pot fella in the bank. You just forget him. We're out for money, nothing else. Have you got some of the horses lined up for us? No, but it won't be hard for you to pick all you need just before the holdup. We can't risk stealing horses off in the street. You won't have to do that. Stable back of the Henry house is always full of good riding stock. Likely there won't be anybody around on the wedding night. We're all set. You fellas bed down, and don't show yourselves until it's time to act. Right, sure. While the outlaws settled down to wait, Uncle Homer and J.C. Holcomb, the banker, conferred in the office of the Henry House. The little Easterner, who had gone wild and woolly only to be tamed by the mighty landlady, was asking, How many people live in this town, J.C.? Around 2,000. And I want to withdraw... Two thousand brand new dollars. Oh, may I inquire? I'm worth two hundred times that much. Yes, certainly, certainly, Mr. Potts. It is a strange transaction. This has been a mighty wonderful year for me. And I aim to give everyone who celebrates the wedding one of this year's dollars for keepsake. I see. Well, I haven't anything like that number of new dollars on hand. But I'll wire Denver and have them shipped out with the mine payrolls, which arrive here at 8 o'clock Friday night. Excellent. I mean, swell. Yes, yes. In the meantime, the Lone Ranger had stationed himself at a point from which he could observe the back door of Red Jack's casino. He was unaware that Billy Behan and two Wind River bandits had entered the place only a few minutes before. Remaining at his post throughout the night, he neither saw nor heard anything suspicious. As day broke, Tommy relieved him, and he slipped back to the hotel stable for some much-needed rest. It was a day of hectic activity in the Henry house. Ma Hank was everywhere, doing everything but acting like a conventional bride-to-be. Toward 7 o'clock that evening, Cindy caught up with her for a moment. Ma Hank, 
As they did so, Billy be hung in Wind River Charlie, who had reached the stable, while Jake was bringing out the second pair of horses, saw them. Charlie threw up his Henry rifle. Hey, hey, I'll handle this. Whirling, the masked man and Indian drew their guns. But before they could shoot, the stable door slammed shut. The heavy padlock, which had hung open on the outside half, closed with a snap. Otto, we're locked in. One of those men was Billy B. Hung. I knew his voice. How we get out? I'll test the siding for loose or rotten boards while you saddle the horses. We got them ready, Pronto. A few minutes later, as Toto finished saddling Silver and Scout, Billy B. Hung and his Confederates rode away from the stable. Strange that they waited so long. Come, Silver. Horses ready. You find way out? No, not yet. What's wrong, Silver? Him smell smoke. Look back there. Me see fire through cracking wall. The outlaws piled straw against the saddle and set it afire. That starts stable burning. Look, siding catch fire. Steady the horses. I'll try some more boards. In the meantime, the wedding party had reached the courtroom of Judge Phineas Todd, commonly known as Rope from the severity of his sentences. All right. I've been on this here bench for nigh under 20 years. I never married anyone. Begin my principle. I got a right kind heart. But seeing as how the parson's gone, I hereby sentence you to live together till you're dead, dead, dead. Marshal, take him away. Come on, Instantly, the courthouse square became a bedlam with war whoops and rebel yells, mingling with a clash of tinware, ringing of cowbells, and roar of guns. No one paid any attention to it, or to the reddening glow behind the Henry House, for bonfires were blazing everywhere. Uncle Homer looked out of a courtroom window and shouted to his bride. All right, better go to the bank for that money. Yeah, I'm going along, Homer. The mercy Jim help us get out the back way and tell the fire to come to the hotel for refreshment. Right. Inside the smoke-filled stable, the Lone Ranger and Tonto had tied neckerchiefs over their mouths and noses after soaking the cloths and water from their canteens. As the flame seemed headway, the Indian found it increasingly difficult to control Scout and Silver, splendidly trained though the horses were. Uh, soon get the roof. Better me let horses loose. Maybe them kick down fighting. Wait, I think I found something that will help. Yes, this is it. Quick, double my lariat and tie the ends to my saddle horn. Let me do that. What you a warped piece of siding. There's a space between it and the study that I can pass the rope through and make a hit. You got it on the side. Pass the rest of the rope. Yeah. Ready, Silver? You can still get out of here. There. I made a hit around the study. Now, big fellow, it's up to you. Taking the great stallion's reins, the masked man led him back until the double's rope was taut. Hold, Silver. Oh, boy. The mighty horse threw his weight against the rope and lunged. The people like most such buildings in the southwest had been flimsily constructed. Age and climate had made the hand-forged nails and spikes so brittle that they snapped. The bottom of the study to which the lariat was had started to give way. The masked man shouted to Toto. Use the bell of your life, use the battery ram. As Silver continued to scream, the Indian used his rifle barrel to loosen additional pieces of fighting and studding. The dry pine lumber bowed only a little before it splintered and broke. A joint which had been supported by the two-by-fours fell, bringing down enough of the upright tying board to create an opening as large as the door. As the hot air in the stable poured out of the hole, it sucked flames from the burning wall on the other side. Silver's mane was singed. Then the Lone Ranger cut the rope and leaped into his saddle. Seeing that Tonto had already mounted, he wheeled his great stallion and called, Follow me! Lone 
Union following close behind, the last man urged Silver through the hole in the siding and headed for Main Street, no longer concerned over keeping his presence a secret. Halfway to the courthouse, they encountered a long parade of noisy merrymakers who were bound for the Henry house with Marshal Jim in the lead. The Lone Ranger and Toto pulled up, signaling for the Marshal to halt the procession. Hey, 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 Mr. Billy behind his back. The hotel's table is burning. Get the fire wagon, some of you. You and horse and guns, meet me here. We'll patrol the streets and raid Red Jack. Uncle Homer may be in danger. Where is he, Marshal? He and Ma went to the bank. Why is it open tonight? This is the night when the mine payrolls come in. To the bank, fellow. Monty! Ma Hank and Uncle Homer had reached the bank in time to watch the Wells Fargo Express agent deliver the money chest. Using a key which he kept in the bank, J.C. Holcomb opened one of the locks, while the agents opened a second lock on the reinforced box with a key which they retained for purposes of security. Obtaining a receipt, the expressmen left. Banker Holcomb lifted the lid of the strong box. There's the silver money you wanted, Mr. Potts. You just let me take those bags, Homer. They're mighty heavy, and... Well, you're not all over your wound. Oh, now, look here, boy. Oh, oh, Robert, oh, hold your hands, all you. Get him up. Get him up. That's just the warning. Opening fire with his murderous Henry repeater, Jake sprayed the wall above Banker Holcomb's head. The banker was shouting, Don't shoot us. Take the money. I'll be high if we don't. You're Billy behind. Well, if it isn't Pops. This makes it perfect. Jake, watch your feet, George. Right. Charlie, grab the money. I've got something else to attend to. Yeah, this box is just full of greenbacks. As Wind River Charlie whipped the gunny sack from under his duster, Billy Behong advanced on Uncle Homer, his rifle leveled. You're hard to kill, you runt. But I'd like to see you live with the 16 slugs I'm going to pump into your carcass. Oh, no, you don't. Stepping in front of her diminutive husband, Ma Hank gave him the complete shelter of her massive form. Get away from him or I'll kill you too. If you shoot her, it's the last man will see that you pay. He won't see anything again. Him and the engine burned in the hotel stable. Now take it. As Billy Behung's finger tightened on his rifle clicker, Jake yelled from the front door. The engine's out front. You drop guns. <laughs> Let's get out the back way. Grab that money, Charlie. Yeah. Drop your rifle. Huh? The masked man's coming us from the back door. Whirling, Billy Behung tried to bring his heavy rifle to bear on the armed man behind him. With a sweep of one mighty arm, Marhart knocked the repeater from the outlaw's grasp. Before he could recover from her attack, Uncle Homer had snatched up the fallen rifle, and both Tonto and the Lone Ranger were well inside the bank. Jake was shouting, Oh, excuse me, I dropped my rifle. Hey, sure did I. Get your hands up. Sure, sure. How'd you fellas get out of that table? Never mind that. Stand still. I'll pick up those other two rifles before they try any tricks. They may be carrying revolvers under their dusters. Search them, Tonto. Uh, As Ma Hank uh, moved to pick up the repeaters which Jake and Wind River Charlie had let fall, she placed herself between Billy Behung and both the Lone Ranger and Tonto. The masked man saw the danger and called a warning. Back, this is Potts. The newly married landlady straightened, but before she could take a step, Billy Behung was behind her. Stepping a six shooter from under his dust coat, he shoved the muzzle against her back. We're going out of here, masked man. If you want this woman to live, don't try to stop it. Hold your fire, Toto. Uncle Homer, who had been rooted in his tracks by surprise, found himself behind the outlaws as they started to move toward the door. Pick up your rifles, boys, and get mine, too. Uh-huh. Reminded that he still held Billy Behung's rifle, Uncle Homer brought it to his shoulder and aimed at Jake. Stop, you polecats! Don't touch those rifles! The little man pulled the trigger, but the cartridge missed fire. Unfamiliar with the repeating mechanism of a Henry rifle, Uncle Homer fumbled with the trigger. Jake was yelling, Shoot him, Billy! The outlaw leader snapped a shot at the bridegroom of a half hour. 
The bullet cut a flower from Uncle Homer's lapel. Then there was another shot. Billy be hung, spun, dropping his revolver. The rifle went off. I shot him. With Ma Hank out of danger, the Lone Ranger and Tonto closed with the Wind River outlaws, who had not managed to retrieve their rifles. The fight was furious but brief. Tonto subdued Jake with an Indian wrestling hold, while the masked man drove a knockout punch to the jaw of Wind River Charlie. Charlie reeled back into the arms of Ma Hank, who neatly deposited him in the money chest and brushed her hand. Mister, you and your friend and Homer got the whole darn outfit this time. Say, did you see how Homer drilled Billy the Hung? Yes, I saw. And I reckon I don't have to explain that. Uh, no, Uncle Homer. You're a very fortunate man in many ways. Billy Behung, not dead. Bullet only gray skull. We captured Red Jack. What happened here? Mr. and Mrs. Potts and the banker can explain. Here's a prisoner for you. Otto has another. Him, yours, Marshal. Oh, Martha, uh, shame this had to happen. My boy, you wet and hot in your dresses already. Oh, Homer and I have had a wonderful time right here. You know that your stable burned? We couldn't put in it. No, Mrs. Potts. The outlaws still put in foot before trying to burn Toddle and me. You'll find him outside with the other horses they took. Well, then it don't matter. Cotton and Billy be hung is coming too. Potts, I'll get you for shooting me. I'll get that masked man through. You'll sure have to wait a long time. Even if you haven't murdered anyone, you'll get a life sentence from Judge Phineas Todd. Mrs. Potts, I hope that you and Uncle Homer enjoy many happy years together. Why, thank you, mister. Are you leaving? Yes. Tuttle and I are needed elsewhere. Adios, adios. Uncle Homer, did you actually shoot Billy the Yep, but it was an accident. The cartridge in the barrel of that Henry rifle wouldn't explode. The second time I tried it, I got so excited, I pulled on the trigger guard before I pulled on the trigger. And I'll be damned if it didn't shoot me. <laughs> Uncle Homer, you reloaded the rifle when you pulled on the trigger guard. That's how a Henry repeater worked. Well, don't you ever tell Ma I didn't know that. He thinks I'm a hero like the masked man. Uh, Mrs. Potts, sir. I met the masked man once at your hotel, but you didn't tell me anything about him. Who is he, anyhow? <laughs> Every banker ought to know who protects them from the worst crooks in the West, so I'll tell you. He is the Long Ranger.
feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated. Created by George W. Trendle, produced by Trendle Campbell Enterprises, directed by Charles D. Livingston, and edited by Fran Stryker. The part of the Lone Ranger is played by Bray Steamer.